You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, uh, the Bible gave us um, the making of the man, the breakdown, and it says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Praise God. When you look at that passage, you see that the man that was formed has three components. One of the components is the one we know, the one we are very familiar with. It says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. That statement could have stopped there, and a man would have been formed. Am I right? If you put full stop as after the dust of the ground, you will find that a man has been made. But the Bible didn't stop there. The next one says what? And breathe into his nostrils what? The breath of life. If you put a full stop there also, it would stop. A man became what? A living being. So there is the man that is of the dust of the ground. There is the man that has in his nostrils the breath of God. Praise the Lord. And then there is man who is now what? A living being. This morning we want to see how we can understand this to help us understand all the things that we've been looking at. We've been looking at or how God had known us even before or from the foundations of the earth. How God has finished his work. How God expects you and I to enter into a rest by believing in him. How God with us and the works is working in us and through us and for us is stronger and superior to science. This understanding, I pray, will help us put those things together so that not just things you see the pastor said or the thought us in church and you're not able to walk in them. Amen? In Genesis chapter 5, 1, 2, and 3, I'll read. And it says, this is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Praise the Lord. 2 says, he created the male and female. And bless them and call them mankind in the day they were created. Three says, And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. Now, verse 1 of chapter 5 tells us what happened in Genesis 2 7. But we know that in Genesis chapter 3, something happened, okay? God has said to man, the day you eat of the fruit of this particular tree, what is going to happen? You are going to die. Now, you know that man did not die, unquote, the way we know death. Why? Because after he had eaten of the fruit of that tree, we saw that God was still speaking to him. In fact, he was alive enough to hide. Praise the Lord. They were hiding from God. They were covering themselves. And then God spoke to them. So that die must mean something that you and I have to discover. That die is what this passage is telling us. In verse 1 of Genesis 5, man was in the likeness of God. In verse 3, 
we see that Adam now took another likeness that was not the likeness of God. Praise the Lord. Something had happened. Man had fallen. So the man in verse 1 is not the same as the man in verse 3. And from then on, all men who were born into this world bore the image of this man in verse 3. The image of this fallen man. Are you still with me? Praise the Lord. So we just laid that as a foundation as we go on. If I have um, a theme or title, I'll probably attempt to call this um, meditation the three of me. Praise the Lord. So how many of us came to church? The three of me, ideally, okay? But some of us, I don't know. Spirit, soul, and body, okay? So our Heavenly Father, the Almighty God, has in Christ Jesus done for us all that is to do. The Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Okay? He did that. And then in 2 Corinthians 1, 22, you can put that for us. He talks about us being sealed. We are sealed. He says, Who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So he didn't just initiate it for those who come to him, he puts a seal. Ephesians 1.13 said the same thing as well. We can look at that. He says, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, what happened? We were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. So from the way God packaged this thing, there should be no loss. Amen. You are guaranteed to succeed. I mean, you say, for God so loved the world, when we're, while we are yet sinners, God loved us and gave his son Jesus, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. When we now believed in him, he went ahead and sealed us. So he has us covered from behind and what? From the front. Praise the Lord. So having this, you know, for us and with us, I want us to go to 1 Corinthians 2, and we'll read um, from verse 6 there. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. 10 says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Note that. He says, for what man? knows the things of a man, except the spirit of man which is in him. So there is a man and him, and then the spirit of him which is in him. Are we getting it now? Okay. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. 12 says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So you can be operating with the spirit that is of the world. And you can also be operating with the spirit that is from God. Now, in Genesis 2-7, what was breathed into man was which spirit? The spirit from God. It was God that breathed into man. But now, when Adam 
and Eve ate of the fruit and died according to God's word, they didn't fall down and stop breathing. What happened was that at that point, the spirit of God withdrew. Are you with me? Now, the word death simply means separation. So we can use this, we make this statement. You say, oh, that relationship is dead. So it means that relationship is no longer what? Existing. It doesn't mean the persons involved are dead. Praise God. It means that there is a what? A separation. So the death that Adam and Eve died was a separation from God. So God remained God and man ceased to be what God made him to be. So at that point, another spirit started operating in man. That's what the Bible calls it, the spirit of the world. Now it says that we might know the things which have been freely given to us by the spirit. Verse 13 says, these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Again, note here that it means that some things are spiritual, some things are not, from what the Bible is saying here. 14 goes on, it says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Why? It says, For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, why? Because they are spiritually discerned. Okay? But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we, say I, have the mind of Christ. Amen. It shall be so in Jesus' name. You see, part of what we have been looking at in Romans 12 too, which says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be what? transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is that transformation? That transformation is that I'm taking in the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is the software that can download what God wrote concerning me before the beginning. Unless I can tune to my mind, which is the same mind that Christ has, which God intended for me from the beginning. When we are talking about he whom he foreknew, he predestined. You can't enter it. The Bible says these things, the natural man cannot. He cannot comprehend it. It wasn't designed for the natural man. It was designed for the spiritual man. And this spiritual man can function in it because he has the operating system. What is that operating system? The mind of Christ. Before I leave here, it's just in case. Let's see verse 14 in the Living Bible. I think there it just makes it clear. Yes, thank you. It says, but the man who isn't a Christian can't understand and can't accept these thoughts from God. And when he says the man here who isn't a Christian, he's not talking about someone who doesn't go to church. He's talking about a person who does not have his life the way the Christian ought to. That's what we want to learn so that we can be sure that at every point we are functioning like a Christian so we can flow with what God is doing. He says he can't accept these thoughts from God, which the Holy Spirit teaches. He says why? They sound foolish to him. That's why I tell us here, I agree that the New Testament does not waste time. And I say that with all understanding of the weight of my words. The New Testament does not waste time telling Christians to pay tithe. Is a waste of time. You know why? Because when you belong to God, everything you have, what, belongs to God. It's a waste of time. That's why it was foolish for the church or Christians to argue with unbelievers about tithing. 
It's a spiritual thing. They can't understand it. Do you understand? They are natural. They don't understand. If I go to work in an organization, there's no way I'll go to the personnel department and the human resources manager will convince me that if she takes away 10% of my money, I'll have more. It's not, it doesn't make sense. But we began to read, verse 6 says, we speak the wisdom, which is what? From God, not the wisdom of men. So we have an, a problem when we try to merge and compare carnal things with spiritual things. We must always separate. What are we talking about? Are we talking about Man U versus Liverpool? If we are talking about that, then we can all gist together. But when it comes to spiritual things, my business should be that whoever I'm speaking with is first converted. Because if it's not converted, it's like me having an argument with a Chinese man. Shoko cha cha cha. And then I'm speaking my own. The only thing that can come out of there is confusion. We can't understand each other. So there's no provision. Just the same issue with divorce and other things. I don't know why. Are we that idle that any small thing the world will start wanting to engage unbeliever? The first question, somebody came to our Lord Jesus and said to him, Master, Master, I know you're a teacher come from God. And then he was trying to get into some elaborate discussions. Jesus answered to him, said, except a man be born again, he cannot see. That was the end of the discussion. And that's what you must be sensitive to. I mean, the Bible says when you do that with meekness, you understand? Because you have to be careful so that you're not at fault in any way. But that's really what it is. Many times when I'm talking with people who are not spirit, you know, who are not born again, I have to be holding myself. You know this word, you have to walk with it continuously. I have to be holding myself because I know we're not speaking the same language. Do you understand? And trying to explain it to you is like the doctor trying to explain to you what the medicine will do. That's a course in pharmacy. They write it. They don't even let you know what they wrote. Just go and take it. Am I right? The only thing they tell you is by day, by week, be day, be week. <laughs> they, you know, they, they are not, they, the doctor is not trying to make the patient understand the pharmacology of the medicine. No, they, they, you can't understand it. It, t- it took him 12 years, 11 years. Is that what he's going to explain to you in two minutes? So the same way, spiritual people don't. What we pray for and work for is their conversion. When a man has faith in God, then the others follow. Okay? So he says here, they sound foolish to them, to him. Why? Because they don't have the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that breaks these things down. Finally, he says, others just can't take it in. Are you with me? I remember some experience I had some time ago. And, you know, people who loved me, who were close to me, said I'm mad. But someone who was spiritual was the one who even encouraged me. I've told us, yeah, when we were really broke, you know, and we had a nice car that we wanted to sell and raise a lot of money. Momichi and my son, Uche, were driving. And a drunken driver ran into them, federal government vehicle, you know, so we had every basis to claim right. And a brother, Uchena Ekweme, told me, God is saying something to you, do it. And when that accident happened, what I saw was big money. Yes, I saw big money because my wife and and son were saved miraculously. And then the person who ran into them was there, drunk. And there were witnesses. So, I mean, this is not the one that they are drawing line. Everything is captured there. So, all I saw was, instead of who will buy this car, they are going to pay me for the repairs. And... Somebody came, and as I was thinking it, the Spirit of God was saying to me, I saved your wife and son. Better let that man go. But you see, as we are going to learn today, there are three of me. Hallelujah. 
So when I was hearing that, the three of me were hearing that, this brother came and retreated what one of me was saying. Say, let them go. But there is a part of me that said, this is quick money. This is business. At that point, what do I do? Thank God for his mercy. I obeyed the part of me that is in line with my original design. Praise the Lord, somebody. I obeyed the mind of Christ that was operating in me. Months, years after that, the Spirit of God told me, I was driving, those of us who, who came into Abuja, those early years, 1995, 96, 97, 98, even up to maybe 2000. The roads were so good. They were so beautiful. And most people who came into Abuja had never seen such roads, especially our brothers from the north. Okay? In fact, no part of the country has seen such roads. So you're crossing an intersection and you're probably doing 120 kilometers or 140 kilometers because you think you're on a highway. Enugu on the expressway wasn't that wide. So there were accidents all over Abuja. Those who have been here will know. Accidents every day. And one day I was driving. That I think I, I was coming from, a, a, we had a vigil. And for some reason I had to go and do something at Day Day Market. And I almost had an accident. And the Lord said to me, you have been insured. You and your family have been insured against accident in this city. I'm telling you the truth. He said, by that seed, you have been insured against accident i say so this is how this thing works the three of me but at that same time you know my brother said you're crazy because he loves me he loves me he loves my body he loves me as the flesh how can you broke needing money now tell a government organization that should fix your car give you money to go even the police were angry with me because there was no deal coming out of that thing we just stole the car and left everybody. But that is what happens. There are three of me. So at every time in my life, there are different voices. There are different suggestions depending on which level I'm operating. If I'm operating from the wisdom of man, it's the wisdom of man that will tell you to cheat your employer. It's the wisdom of man that will tell you to take bribe. It's the wisdom of man that will tell you to cheat your wife. It cannot come from God. But you see, that wisdom as we study today you're going to see that there's a superior wisdom that can give you longer term benefits now the truth is this whatever they had could have paid me at that point for the car that was destroyed how can it ensure how could he have taken care of safety now for those of us who have children growing up in, in abuja you know how fearful it is when your children start learning how to drive you know, learning to drive in Lagos, they can bash your car, but it won't be life-threatening. Learning to drive in most parts of Nigeria, I mean, it's okay. But Abuja is like highway with all the things that are happening. But when God has shown mercy, there is a confidence you thank him in advance. Is somebody getting it? How, how could you pay for that? How could you prepare for that? But you see, these things, like the Bible is saying, are not, are not descend on the surface. They are spiritually descend. Why? Because God created you and I to operate at a level beyond our human level. Pastor Chris talking about, you know, the creation. God wanted to make man. He said, let us make man in our image. And it pleased him to make part of the composition of man to be humus. Humus is the soil under you. Praise the Lord. Now, it, won't it be so unfortunate that a man that is on three levels would decide to live and exist 
the entirety of his time and exists at the level of humors. That is the level where I operate on what I feel, what I think, what touches me, what, who touched me, who you know, slapped me, who likes me, who doesn't like me. That level is the animal level. At that level, they said if you get a dog and feed a dog for three days, it's going to be loyal to you for life, isn't it? And I understand that if you get a cat and feed a cat for three days, it's going to think you should be loyal to him for life. <laughs> yes, very true. They said the U.S. Army, you know, had spent millions of dollars trying to see if they could train cats to be used the same way they're using dogs. Cats don't understand it. If you're nice to cats, they think you're their servant. They do what they want and expect you to do what they want as well. I hope some of us don't know any cat person. The kind of people that you help them, help them, help them 99 times. The 100th time you don't help them, you become a terrible person. You're beginning to know some of those people now. They are not here, Abby. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we are spirit, soul, and body. Our bodies are the parts of us that feel, that live in this world, that interact immediately with this world. So you can be operating purely at that level, which the Bible calls you the natural man. And this natural man has a soul. And what happens at the soul, that's why I'm saying I may not be able to break it down in the detail that you wanted. But in the soul is where you have the emotions, you have the intellect, you have the will. The soul is like the steering wheel of the entire body. The soul can drive you either to follow what the body is saying or to link up with the spirit of God. Are you with me? That's where the contest is. And do you know the best part of it? The soul is the part of you that belongs to you. That's why Jesus can say, what shall a man, what, give in exchange for his soul? The soul is what people trade in when they get into cults and into covenants with the devil. So you hear statements like, this man has what, sold his soul to the devil. What has happened is that this man has taken this person that God created to use to advance the kingdom and advance his purposes. This man has taken that whole soul. And giving it to the devil for something. You know what people sell souls for? For something the body needs. I saw a post, some of us may have seen it. So I, I saw a post that gave a picture, a picture of 504 GL. How many of us are old enough to know GL? How many of us know evolution? 505 evolution. And the person put the picture and said, those who joined Oboni because of 504 GL and uh, evolution, they did not leave to see autobiography. And people are joining because of autobiography and G-Wagon. Body, earth, joined because of Santana. And you didn't leave. Eh? But, but you see, those are, those are dimensions people live at. What your body wants. Ladies that are listening to me, you have so compromised yourself because you want long wig. You want, uh, what, what's, the, what's the latest one? Bone straight wig. Blood straight wig from bone straight is now blood straight because you have sold your dignity. The man looks at you, he doesn't see anything about you again. That's why they're handing them over to dogs. That's why they're going to Dubai and they're eating feces because there's nothing again. They've sold everything. What are they doing that for? They want to buy a, a phone, they want to buy hair, they want to be slay queen. What who is slain is the body that is slain. Is the body. All this is for the body. Now, let me ask you a question. Mr. Koku, come. Just stand. Stand and look at the congregation. Just come. Yeah, stand in front. Look at the congregation now. Mr. Koku, just be looking at the congregation. Look at this congregation. I'm sure out there, uh, um, 
engineer doctor, pastor law. Do, do we have autobiography outside? Range of autobiography. We have G-Wagon. We have Lexus and all of that. Mr. Koko, please look around here and tell me which of these people came with the G-Wagon and the autobiography and the Lexus. Can you see it on them? So what are you seeing? You're seeing humans. Just humans. Okay, thank you. Sit down. Can any of you who came with any of those, can you bring it in here? So once you're seated here, it's useless to you. Many of the things we kill ourselves can't even go far with us. We have to pack them. You kill yourself for clothes. The day you sleep with your clothes, or madness has begun. At the end of the day, you have to take it off. Even the bone straight, you have to take it off. And then we husbands have to see the original. You know, guys, these ladies are not treating us well. Because when they come out, the way they look, we we were the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then they'll be saying that they're beautiful, they're this and this. They're cheating, isn't it? Olympics will say that they're doping. <laughs> Praise God. You can't take it. You know why? It is not you. That's why, have you, have you met some people? You meet them, you know, maybe you do old, old school um, reunion or whatever. You meet these people and they're just telling you, how big they are, how much money, how they went to Acapulco, how they went to this place, how they went to this place. What has happened is that such a person is so empty on his own. He has to tell you stories because he's feeling inadequate. He's feeling incomplete. His soul is malnourished. If he had an opportunity, he would take you around and show you this is this, this is that. I once, we, we had, once had somebody... You know, who was staying with us and went and made quite some money. And then he was telling the people that were staying with him how much money he's made. I told them that the only way you can tell me you went and made money is you come bring it, give me. Don't point it to me. Don't tell me that's my house there. That's my... No. If he had come now without pointing and say, Ah, Ima, you know we used to hang out there. Take 500,000. I will project that if you can release 500,000. And I know before he couldn't release 500 naira. I know. Mm. Do you understand? That means you have what? Been blessed, prospered to this level. You don't need to tell me stories. But you see, when the soul is poor, some persons like that are billionaires, but they'll tell you story. What are you telling me story for? Do we know such people? Always telling you how much they have, where they went. Cut the story short. Just give me. You understand what I'm saying? But that is the sorry situation. So, I said we're just introducing the topic, okay? So what I want us to do today, I want us to do a bit of anatomy. Anatomy is the study of the, or rather the dissection and the dividing of the human body, different parts. And you wonder, nobody can become a medical doctor unless he masters anatomy. You know why? Because when I understand the differences, then I can just also like the mechanic. If you know anybody who is into cars, one of the first things you learn is the different parts of the cars. If you can't separate the parts, you can't make it work to your good. Okay? Now, many human beings can't separate their parts. So sometimes you are angry, but you don't know which of you is angry. Is it your body that is angry? Is it your soul that is angry? Or is it your spirit that is angry? Sometimes you are angry or you are excited. You don't know who is excited. But when you understand this anatomy, at every point in your life, you can know that this is whose. 
And then you know whether to steer the soul toward going that direction or to quench it. We're talking at the video and we refer to what um, our Lord Jesus Christ says when he drove, what he said when he drove the, um, the money changers and the sellers of those out of. It's, the Bible says, zeal for what? My father's house has consumed me. So it wasn't Jesus the man that inspired that anger. It was the heartbeat of God from heaven that made him do what he did. Now that anger was proceeding from God. It was righteous anger. Are you with me? So when you understand the anatomy of this, what we are learning now, at every point in time, you know, now when David was leaving, was being driven out by um, Absalom, his son, and he was running away, and Shimei started cursing him and cursing him and cursing him. You remember uh, um, Abishai, one of, the, one of his cousins, you know, said, let me just go and cut off his head. He was angry for, on behalf of David. But David discerned where the problem was coming from. Said, if I respond to this man, I'm going to be responding at a different level. He said, let me trade it in. Peradventure, God will hear what he's saying and have mercy on me. Some of us need to take some insults and trade it in. Are you with me? You're trusting God for the fruit of the womb. It's not enough to cry what, when, whenever anybody says something to you. There are some people that should say something to you. That is the moment to start singing. Because heaven will say, oh, now she understands. Hannah was provoked by Penina. As long as she cried, God did not respond. Because she was saying, Emiana, what do you have I don't have? My husband loves me more than you. And they were at the level of body to body. But when Hannah left Penina, she spoke to God as though there were no Penina. She said to God, give me a son and I'll give him back. It meant that Penina's son, I can't count them. They're not in the equation. God, this thing is between me and you. She left the body level. Some of us want to prosper, and the reason we want to prosper is that somebody insulted you. They will continue insulting you because you want to revenge on the body level. The spirit has no part in it. But remember, we are learning that before the foundations of the... There was a plan. What is the plan? The Bible says, as I live, said the Lord, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will do what? Will cover the earth as the waters will clothe the sea. So in that situation where you are, descend where the glory of God wants to go and just align yourself. And that would take a submission to the Spirit. When you submit, what you find is that there will be a kind of expressway. Because that path is guaranteed to work. Praise the Lord. It's guaranteed to work. When you feel pain, I, I have the story, and I, I must not forget to tell us because I remember the doing praise and worship. If you've ever taken your child to hospital to take injections, most of us have done that, right? You know, it's a traumatic experience because the child is crying. Whereas you know that this child needs this injection, isn't it? The child is crying. And some children don't even make it easy. They'll just put their eyes on you. They'll just be looking at you. So, so you, it's you, it's you, it's you, mommy. Uh, it's you, daddy. You and the nurse, you and all these people. <laughs> so we had that experience. So one day, we had to take our son Uche to the hospital to take injections. And we sat Uche down, true story, and said to him, Uche, you're a strong boy. You're not going to cry. It's going to hurt you, but you're not going to cry. You're a strong boy. You know what happened? This boy turned his back. They gave him the injection. You know what he did? He started laughing. Was the injection painful? Yes. But he did not respond from his flesh. He responded from who his father told him Uche is. Your father is telling you something about yourself now. 
He didn't cry. He's pro- probably then maybe three years. Or three years or four. He started, la- imagine a child laughing at him. Why? Because his parents told him, you're stronger than this. That's when you, when you read the scriptures, you have to discern where they, so when they speak a word, they're speaking. The truth is that every word that comes doesn't come to your body. That's why the yeah, yeah, preach on doesn't move me. The flesh profited what? It is the spirit that gives life. It's the word that enters inside. Our Lord Jesus told us the parable of the sower and the seed. It's the word that enters inside. So when that word hits your spirit, man, you now, the second level is that you have to know that your body doesn't feel the word. Are you with me? Your body doesn't feel the word. When the injection hits my son, his body didn't say it's not painful. But he said, this is my body. But Uche, the strong boy, will not cry. And how he took it to laughing, we didn't tell him that one. That must have been God. I get him. He started laughing. And that was the end of him crying over injections. Why? Because he had gotten a revelation that he can withstand adversity because of the strength that is in him. Doesn't the Bible say that you might be strengthened with might? Where? Through the spirit. In your word. The spirit communes with your spirit. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 14, you can put it on the screen. It said the spirit of a man, I like even the way King James would, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. But a wounded spirit, who can bear? New King James said the spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness. But a broken spirit. The problem many of us have is that our spirits are not strong. Julius, you're the one that said that when you're sick, you just play those messages over and over. When you play that message, you know what is happening? Your spirit man is at the gym. Your body might be feeling weak and all of that, but your spirit man is gymming. After some time, that body as weak as it may want to be, will have to follow because the soul will say, oh boy, this guy is not fainting. No. Let's follow him. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? That's also what happens when you fast. If you have, if you have ever undertaken a long fast, there's something that happens to you. At a season, three days, four days, you become extremely weak because your human source of energy is going down. But by the time your body looks and says, and your soul looks, and they're saying, this guy is not about to give us food. By the fifth, sixth day, they'll just hold a meeting. Let's follow him. What happens then is that all of a sudden, you start feeling light. I remember those days when I'm fasting, it becomes easier for me to go up the stairs. I'm just going up like a bird. What has happened? You see, my body has surrendered. Say, this man, there's something wrong with him. He's not giving us food. Are you getting it? He won't give us food, so let's not waste our time. So they retire. Your spirit takes over. That is what I want us to understand today. You are three. Praise the Lord. And at every point in time, you can, knowing this, you can know where to say no to. Part of the things that I want you to get today is that never lose your temper on anything that is not divine. That's why our Lord Jesus can say to us, if a man slaps you, turn the other cheek. We know what he's trying to say. The spirit doesn't lose his temper. Crazy. The way to understand it is, when the thing happens, you say, my body will slap you. In fact, I've slapped you with my hand now, but my spirit is hugging you. It's not easy. I say it is not easy, right? But we are not natural, isn't it? We are spiritual. Praise the Lord. And it says, he who is spiritual judges all things. So the Bible says to us in Todd John 2, we know that passage very well. It says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Todd John 2, yes, please. New King James. 
I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. If you look at this statement, it's saying, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things, that you may be in health just as your. Where is my soul? Where is me? There are two yous there. I pray that what? You may prosper and be in health just as your. So the you he's talking to is not your soul. Are you with me? He's saying here, what he's saying here is that I pray that you will prosper and be in and catch up with the soul prosperity. I think there's some translations that gave it that way. Maybe we'll see the living Bible and see whether I caught it. That's what he said, just as your soul. He's saying here, by the time he's talking to the, thank you, Holy Spirit. He says, dear friend, I'm praying that all is what? Well with you and that your body is what? As healthy as I know what? Your soul is. So, because you're a born again Christian, your spirit, these are the things that confuse us when we read some passages of the Bible. In your spirit, you're righteous. Praise the Lord. But you see, your body, the Apostle Paul says, I beat what? My, who wrote that righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? It's Paul that wrote it. But it's a gift, a, an endowment into his spirit. Now, the same Paul says, I have to beat my body and put it under. Why? If not, this body will take this spirit that is declared righteous and take it where it shouldn't go. And then I'll be destroyed. I beat my body, put it under subjection. Lest after I preach to others, I myself will what? Become a castaway. Is he saying that he's no longer operating with the gift of righteousness? He's saying if I let this body, it will put this spirit in trouble. So when someone tells you, you don't have to, you're this, you're this. Tell the person, which of me are you talking about? Because the same way you have a responsibility, if you have a car, now, you have a responsibility not just to take care of yourself, but your car also. You can be backing out and your car will hit somebody. You didn't hit somebody, but your car hit somebody, isn't it? By that action, what has happened? You have been what, involved in that. So the same way, our bodies are like our vehicles. We have to manage it. If not, it can create problems for us. So the apostle here is writing, he says, I know your soul is doing well. But if you yourself don't know your soul is doing well, you can transact and trade in a way that you compromise your very soul. And that's where many Christians are. So somebody is born again. Somebody is a child of God. He doesn't understand the blessedness. But says we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing where? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's the state of your spirit. Praise the Lord. There is no poor Christian. Should I repeat there can be no poor Christian. Every Christian is an heir of God. Do you understand? What we have is greater than our bachelor inheritance. How many of us know our bachelor is wonderful? $23 million just the other day. And still counting. Eh? What we have is senior inheritance. No Christian is poor. But you see, that poverty that I'm talking about is of your spirit. However, if you don't catch the revelation... You'll be unable to follow what the apostle is praying here. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health just as I know your soul is. So your soul is prosper. You're a Christian. You have, you're lacking nothing. Whatever we're talking about is an outworking, is a manifestation. Just like we, we read when we looked at Hebrews. It said God had finished his work. 
from the foundations of the earth. And what is waiting for now is those who will believe him. When they believe in what is going to happen, they enter into the rest. So when I believe I'm blessed in God, I do not walk about thinking I'm a welfare case. There's no welfare case in Christianity. Do you understand? There is no sorry state. There is no abandoned Christian. He himself has said, I will never leave you, nor what? Nor forsake you. No, there is no Christian abandoned. There is no Christian dejected. No, the spirit, you have been sealed with the seal of the Holy Spirit. But the enemy is still operating. Remember, you know, th- th- these are some of the things you see in the word of God. And, and it can be frightening, but also comforting. Because the Holy Spirit is opening our eyes to see. Adam and Eve that fell. I always tell my wife this because it can be discouraging being a pastor when you hear what some people do. The Adam and Eve that fell, who was their pastor? How many were in the congregation? So God lost two members of the only two members in his congregation. That's why I don't, I'm not moved what happens here. Do you understand? He had two members. He preached to them sound doctrine, the fruit of this tree. You must never eat it. Did they eat it? You die. They turned and went and ate it with their eyes open. The Bible said, being awake and aware. And me, I'll come and kill myself because somebody's fooling around. Praise the Lord. You're blessed. Your spirit, this is who you are. The word of God that comes, comes to your spirit. The word comes to your spirit. What God has done is done in your spirit. Now, you need to, that's why he said to Joshua, I said to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. What? What will you do? You shall meditate on it then. As you meditate on it, you know what is happening. You're taking it from your spirit and it's coming to your soul. It's coming into your soul. It becomes your world view. The challenge I have is that I see many Christians still maintain a world view that is different from the Christian view. So they're still susceptible to reason. So under these terms, this can happen. But God doesn't want it to happen. If, uh, if you feel, if, if, if you start around women and you don't feel any attraction, but you feel attraction to men, that means you can become homosexual. No, the Christian view is that if you start around women and you don't feel any attraction, happy, happy for you. Then if you start around men and feel attraction, beware of ab- abomination. Christian worldview. The Christian worldview takes it as what God said. As simple as that. Whatever God calls it, that's what it is. In truth, that's what confession means. When they say confess your sins, it's not telling God how you broke the door. You know, have you read the story about a man that was at the, before the judge? A man was before the judge. And the judge asked him, so how did you break into the house? And the robber told the judge, I'm here to pay for my crime. I'm not here to reveal trade secret. <laughs> so confession is not you getting into, you know. Some people come for counseling and they just want to lead you into sin. The way they'll be telling you details. And he did this and I did that and I... Shut up! Yes, you have sinned. Praise the Lord. So confession is just say this is what God... And that confession does not have to be after any act. Before the act. They say just like the drama they did for us last Sunday. So they say no, it's whatever you call it. So I call it what God calls it. As simple as that. So you you have this understanding. What it does for you is it gives you a Christian worldview. That Christian worldview may not make you a nice person. That's another thing you have to understand. If you're going to be a successful work in your full purpose as a Christian, you won't try to be nice. Those of us who know, no, I don't try to be nice. Not even to my wife. I want to love my wife as much as possible. But I don't, nice, no. I want to love her as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. So I will tell her the truth. And she does that to me as well. She tells me this, no, this is not... 
But marriages that are nicing, nicing, everybody nicing the other. The other day, I told my wife about somebody. I said, ah, okay, doesn't one spouse see the other before they leave the house? Do you understand? If you're married, you shouldn't come out and people look at your back. Your, this thing is looking, your trouser is looking like this. Your wife should have I just told you, get back home. There are some days that I dress up and want to go. My wife said, I'm looking like an unmatter trader. I'll say, okay, I will go and adjust. Because why she's not trying to be nice to me, she's loving me. What I'm trying to say is this. As a Christian, if you try to be nice, you can't make it. You know what? The Christian worldview is like a surgeon's scalpel. It divides between what? Soul and spirit. Between bone and marrow. It separates what is true and what is not true. It's not feeling. The danger is this. Feeling will give you a lot of mileage. That's why if you listen to a lot of people, okay, a lot of preachers, they know how to touch your feelings. So by this time in the service, half of you are standing. And then I have to beg you, sit down, sit down, sit down. Then I preach you up again. Half of you are standing. I beg you, sit down. When the service is over, you go out. You see full scarcity. Everything has gone. It doesn't even last as long as taste of half and soup in my mouth. It has gone. Why? Because you felt good. And then you love the person. But those things don't count. My prayer is that when I preach to you, let me tell you what I pray. That in your office on Thursday, today is Sunday, on Thursday, something comes up. The word will come. That's what I pray. While you're about to argue with your wife, something, you want to do something, you just hear the word. That's what I pray for. Your response here is immaterial to me. Do you understand? Let it come inside. I want you to believe God. Because when you believe God, he said, to them that believe on the Lord, to them he gave power to what? Becomes, when you believe in God, you have power to operate as a son of God. Not when you feel good. When you feel, feeling does not bring power. Concerning health, what you're learning today, in your spirit you are healed. Are you hearing me? With his stripes you were healed. How can I be healed when I'm not sick? That healing is talking about a comp- my spirit is not sick. Are you getting it now? So when they're distributing sickness, why should you make room in your spirit? Say, do not give place to the devil. I've told you this story also. I'm using my wife to preach to you today. When COVID came, you know, was when they were promoting COVID. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Okay. Remember, we've said science is to be respected. But why? Because it tells you from now to the future. But we have something that is superior to science. Why? Because it was before. It's the foundation. Anyway, so when COVID was, you know, in the air, however, just to... My wife went somewhere and came back. And somebody had told us about this combination that will clear COVID immediately. Azithromycin with uh, chloroquine, hydrochloroquine. The combination, seven days or five days or whatever. My wife came by. She was okay. But she said, this combination, let me apply it. Let me put amort protection I told her, leave this thing on. But what does it cost? Does it harm to have extra protection? You know what? She took it. She started taking it. When she finished taking it, it was as though the combination brought the sickness. Now, let me break it down to you what happened. Her spirit, which is of God, was whole. Her soul, having emotions, intellect, and will. The moment she took the COVID drugs and started taking, her soul said to three spiritual and body, we have COVID. And the spirit, because the spirit is part of the combination, was dragged in. Are you with me? 
The spirit which was healed by the stripes of Jesus became infected by azithromycin and chloroquine. Now, if it was recommended, it's a different thing. This is you now on your own making all that decision. And when she started, he said, I should join. I said, me, I'm not joining. <laughs> but let me tell you what happened. This thing is not a joke. I'm just trying to, I want you to understand. That's why I'm telling a lot of stories. One afternoon, my throat dried up. Are you getting me? All the symptoms, I was lying on the bed. I felt it completely. But inside of my spirit, I said, I rebuke you, spirit of COVID. And she'll beg me, go to another room. Go to this. I said, I'm not going. Because the moment, listen, listen. The moment I start running, these are technicalities that the Holy Spirit will help you. The moment I start running, you know what I've indicated? Can I hear somebody? Fear! And everywhere there is fear, there is a door open. That's why if you approach a dog and you're not afraid, the dog can be barking, but it won't rush at you. You've not opened the door. It's the same way in the spirit. Some of you here are afraid of dying. You're afraid of being poor. You're afraid of this. You're afraid of this. And you're born again. That fear must be cast out today in the name of Jesus. Because if you know who you are in the spirit, such things don't make you afraid again. You are settled in the spirit. You're a spiritual being. What you say to yourself is that there's a plan. It's a testimony unfolding, sir. Pastor Lord, it's a testimony. I'm not poor. I'm not broke. It's a testimony. Do you know that uh, Elon Musk, growing up, they were so broke that the mother said to cook chicken was on special occasions. That's not in Nigeria. That's New York. You see, most times they had meals of bread and uh, peanut butter. Now, I don't know who uh, his story, the rest of his story. But what I'm trying to say is this. If you believe God, are you with me? If you believe this Alpha and Omega God, there cannot be anything in my point P now that should shake me. If I know he is Alpha and I know he's what? Omega. Now, where there is a plan, that's, what, that's where many Christians miss it. You see, Christians tend to want to serve a God who is existing only uh, at what level now? At the material level, at the existential level. But that, that would be okay. But I've not seen a football match where when they kick out the ball from the post, they keep going forward, going forward, going forward. Sometimes what they do is what? They pass the ball back. Isn't it? Are they passing the ball back to advance towards their post? All the back passes are intended to what? Result in a throw ball so that somebody there can get it and score, isn't it? Now, when you believe God, you know that the delays, the back passes are back of the plan to score a goal on your behalf. Let's rise on our feet. Today, I want you to know that if you're a Christian, there are three of you. The one who is not a Christian, they are still in an extent three of him, but he's a, a, the third part is dead and is being operated by what the Bible calls the spirit of the world. He said, now we have the spirit who is of God. This spirit that is of God is the Holy Spirit, is the eternal spirit. Is the omnipotent spirit. Is the omniscient spirit. Is the omnipresent spirit. The spirit of God that you and I are carrying cannot, cannot in any way be called something that you have mercy on. No. It's a mighty spirit. Praise the Lord. It's a powerful spirit. It's on the basis of this that the apostle Paul says, I can do what? All things. Because I have the physique. No. Because I have the connection. No. 
How, why, how can I do all things? Because I know that in my spirit man, God strengthens me. The Christian reads the Bible. And the Bible says, husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church. He doesn't say it's not possible. The Christian reads the Bible and the Bible says, wives, as Sarah did, submit to your husbands, calling them Lord. You don't say that, man. No, you close the Bible. Your soul might say, that, this kind man. No. Your spirit, you go into your spirit and receive strength. Are you with me? The three of you, you converse. So this thing, I don't want to do it. I wouldn't choose to do it. But I have to do it. So what do you do? You go into your spirit and draw strength. You see, if you don't understand this anatomy, you're going to operate in life, mixing up things and failing where you should succeed. Being discouraged where you should be encouraged. I don't have all the time, but I want to show you one or two things in the Bible so you get what I'm saying. Revelation 2.9. I show you something. So what I'm dealing with today is the spirit. What is happening in the spirit? Revelation 2.9 says, I know your works, tribulation and poverty. But what does the other one say? I'm talking to somebody here. I know your works. Jesus is speaking here. This is his report. Your tribulation and your poverty. That's what is on the surface. That's your body. But he's saying what? In my record, you are rich. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're, oh, Holy Spirit, help us. Let me show you another one that will help. Re- Revelation 3. Let's do 17 now. The reverse. 3.17 says, Because you say I'm rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. Who is saying here? So I'm saying, I'm rich. I've arrived. I have enough saved. That's what I'm saying. Okay? What does the Bible say? What does the accurate report say? And do not know that you are what? Wretched, miserable, poor, blind and what? Verse 18 says, I cancel you to buy from me gold, refined in the fire that you may be rich, white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be rich. This is where most people in the world are. This is where most religious people are. When they look at themselves and analyze themselves, they say, God has blessed me. God does not bless a man because he gives him beauty or, or, or stature or money or cars or anything. God blesses a man when your spirit and his spirit are in fellowship. Are you with me? God does not bless you when the account officers are hailing you and all of that. No. They bless, it says, this is what you say, but this is what it is. Now, we don't know it. The Christian doesn't know it. So he lives life thinking that people who are like that, that you should be pitying. You're envying them. Whereas on the other side, the real Christian who is rich, who should be walking about looking. That's why the apostle Paul can say, though poor, making many rich. Now, what I'm talking about here, your spirit man. Now, in the will of God and in the goodness of God, you can have a spirit that is rich. You should. You have a spirit that is rich, a soul that is prosperous, and also a body that is what? Prosperous. That's what Third John 2 is about. I wish that you prosper and be held just as I know. So, Third John is praying for an equilibrium. Third John is saying, let us balance it out so that your spirit cannot be here and your health to be here. There's something you have to pick up yourself. You, you, you've watched movies. Some of us have been in the military. Gigi, I don't know if they trained you people. Can, can, can you do uh, stitch your skin if there is an injury? They taught you that. That's what we are talking about. You see, you must learn that you are more than you. That's what I'm trying to say. You can handle more than you think you can handle. You have more than you think you have. And why is that so? Is that so because of the gift of God in your spirit? 
the life of God in your spirit. You must learn, no matter the situation, to take a step back and say to yourself, who am I? It says, and God formed man of the dust of the ground. I'm not the dust of the ground. God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils. So it says, I have the life of God flowing in me. That's why the Bible says, if the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in that your dusty body, what is he going to do? It says, able to quicken that dusty body. Somebody is going to live here no longer looking at himself the same way. Because all the while, the only you you saw was the you in the mirror. But there is another mirror you're going to look at. It's the mirror of the word of God. You've been reading magazines. Some lady you came to church today. And every time you read yourself, you read yourself beside those skinny people in the magazines. So they tell you you're no good. There is another mirror you look at. Is the mirror of the word of God. It tells you you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. His own peculiar people. It tells you you don't need to be married to be treasured. You don't need to have children to be celebrated. There is a treasure beyond the things of this world. There is a glory beyond the level of this world. There is a celebration beyond the celebration of likes and friends and followership. Listen to me child of God. There is more to you. You don't succeed when the world looks around and says you've succeeded. Your heavenly father looks at you and says, I love you. He says he rejoices over you with singing. He glories over you. We are praying for all other things. But today we are saying we know who we are. We know whose we are. We know what has been freely given to us. We understand these things because we are spiritual. And we have the mind of Christ. There's an interpretation coming to our mind. And we know something deeper. Inside of us it is well. That's why the Bible can say, Say ye to the righteous, it is well with you. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.